Shalom Aleichem. In these turbulent times, the challenge of building homes, building a home, building a family, raising children in the proper Teradika fashion has become enormous. Chazal tell us that the central principle that permeates a home is Gadola Shalom. Great is the power of Shalom, of peace, of tranquility. This sets the tone for building a home, for raising a children, for having a harmonious family, is Godel HaShalom. When we published one of our Sforim, our books, the, Our Family, Our Strength, um, there's a chapter, the 25 principles of uh, harmony in the home. And when we took it to the great mechanic of the door, the great sage, Rav for an appraisal and for a uh, approbation. So after reading the Sefer, he said he has one main heora, one main comment, and that is in the 25 principles that we mention, um, he says we should somewhat change the order because principle number one should be peace, should be shalom bayit. There should be the home should be permeated with shalom, with tranquility, with avo, achvo, and reus. So this is the essence of the Jewish home. Chazal tell us in Masech Tosoita that shalosh chinois hein. There are three chens, three magical almost gifts that Hashem gives to people at different stages in their lives. One is Ishal Allah. When a husband and wife get married, Hashem injects into this relationship a special kind of a chen. It goes on to tell us that there's also a chen makom al yoshvav. There's a chen of someone, he has a special affinity and attachment for the place he's living. And chen mekach al a person purchases something, he becomes attached to it. But the chen that occupies us, and this is the essential chen, is chen ishal ba'ala. There's a special chen, there's a special affinity, a closeness that develops as a gift from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and this becomes the absolute main theme and the main uh, pillar upon which every home is built, this, giving, this wedding gift. And Rashi says on, in the Gemara over there in Daf Mem Zayin, he says that this gift is so strong that Afilu Ishamu says Rashi, even if a woman is objectively ugly, yet when she gets married to her husband, there's a mysterious mystique of this chen Ishal Bailo. This is a gift, a wedding gift, Kav Yochel from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to every Jewish couple that gets married. When they start and they build their Mishkan Ma'at, this is where our homes are referred to as a Mishkan Ma'at, a mini sanctuary, and this is based on the Posuk, Vasuli Migdash Vishokhanti Bisoicham. Hashem makes us a Migdash in this world, Vishokhanti Bisoicham, and He dwells within them. HaKadosh Bochu dwells inside the Jewish home. He's part and parcel of this Jewish home. And it is this which brings bracha into the home. It is this presence of Hashem in the home that brings us bracha in Shalom Bayis. It brings us bracha in the Chinuch Abonim. 
it brings us bracha in our parnosa and all our devas. Imagine having a He's dwelling within us. The presence of the Shechina, everything is tolly, everything depends on the presence of the Shechina. And therefore, it is absolutely a central mission of every Jewish family, of every Jewish husband and wife, to make sure that Hashem's presence permeates the home, that Hashem's presence is constantly there, because this is what helps us live up to the challenges and stand up to the tremendous um, nisyonus trials and tribulations that our generation brings us. The Ariya Kodesh in the Ma'amore Rashbi, a chibur of the Ariya Kodesh, he says the following, that every time a person, a Jewish person, performs a mitzvah, so he is enveloped and engulfed with a certain spiritual energy, a certain siyat a certain shefa comes down, a person pulls down the shefa when he engages in a mitzvah, when he engages in, in the study of Torah. Now, says the Ariya Kodesh, since women are absolved from a whole sect of mitzvahs, all those mitzvahs which are governed by time, uh, positive mitzvahs governed by time, and a woman is absolved essentially of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So how is the woman going to achieve this spiritual energy, the shefa that comes in the wake of performing these mitzvahs. So the husband, the male, he's there, he's learning Torah at every spare moment. He's putting on tefillin, he's wearing talis and tzitzis. He's, he's, he's engaged in so many mitzvahs all the time. This is bringing down into him the spiritual energy. Says the Ariya Kodesh that the husband brings down this shefa for his wife. He brings this and he he, he says the Ramchal, Hashpa'at Shamayim Matmedet, there's a constant flow of energies, of spiritual energies, of ruchnius, of, of, of these powerful shefa that comes, this bounty, the spiritual bounty that comes from Shamayim. It's constant. It's constantly pouring into us. And this says the um, Ariya Kodesh is what the husband, he brings down the, the, with its, through the tzinoirus ha-shefa, through the pipes of shefa, these pipes of bounty, he brings them into, them into the wife, he brings them to the wife, he brings them to the family, and this is something which brings about, say the Mephorashim, a certain roganafshi, a certain personal tranquility that a woman gets as a result of her husband, he's oisik in mitzvahs, he shares them with his wife, he brings these down, he's bring these down, this shefa that comes down from Shomayim. Now, the um, Chovetz Chaim says, however, there is one instance where Hashem elects to exit the Jewish home. He cannot be there. And says that based on the Posuk, it's the only place in the whole Torah, says the Chofetz Chaim, where this Loshan, this wording is used, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, exit. He moves away. He moves out of there. He cannot be there. He cannot tolerate when there is a situation of ervas dovar. Now let's explain this and let's understand this. First of all, we have to understand the ramifications of Hashem departing. The ramifications are horrific. It says, it's a well-known drosha, ish the isha, if you take out the yud of the ish, or you take and you take out the, the hay of the isha, you've taken out Hashem's name, the yud and the hay, removing them, what are we left with? We left with two letters, that's Aish, that's fire, that's machloket, that's diversion, that's pain, that's suffering. And this is what will permeate a home where Hashem's presence has exited. And says the Chofetz Chaim, that if there are, if there are any elements of Ervat Dovar, something of immorality in the concept, in the context of Erva, the context of morality between men and women, if there's any element of Ervat Dovar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, V'shav me'achorecha, there I cannot be. Unfortunately, says Hashem, I exit. Now, we need to understand this. We need to understand why it is that the home, which is permeated with so much Kedusha, we call the institution of marriage Kedushin, because when a man marries a woman, He's making a statement, a public statement, that you and I are only and exclusively for each other. There shall be no other element in this relationship. No man should invade the privacy of the woman, and no woman should invade the privacy of the man. The essence of the Jewish marriage, and that's why it's Kiddushin, say, so says the, the Gemara, the Tosfos talks about it, that the, 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 the Kiddusha, of Kiddushin is such that she's Kiddushin, Mizumemet, law only. She's only for him. And therefore we cannot have, and the marriage cannot tolerate, any kind of invasion. There's a very scary Rekanati, the great Mephorish, ancient Mephorish, the Rekanati. And the Rekanati says the following. He says, that there were two instances in the life of Sora Imenu, of our foremother, of the founder of Klal Yisrael. There were two instances in her life which were tremendously traumatic and challenging. And Baruch Hashem, they were rebuffed when Paroi decided that he wants this Sora Haitaya Fasheb Nashim. She was a beautiful woman. And when and this Paroi uh, this powerful monarch, this king, desired her, and even though sorrow was hidden, and even though sorrow rebuffed and uh, rebuffed his advances and uh, refused, there was no contact whatever. She harnessed the malochim to help her to assist her in this challenge, and Baruch Hashem, she prevailed, and so it was with Avimelech, another powerful political figure, who also desired this beautiful woman, Sora Imenu. And again, here, the Malach came in along with her, the Hika, and beat, and wouldn't allow 
these people to come anywhere near her, and Baruch Hashem, Sarah, was able to emerge completely intact and untouched in every sense of the word? Yet, says the Rekanati, the fact that there were two individuals, Shecham Duota, that they had a tremendous desire for her, they coveted her, they wanted her. Adkadekach, the Midrash says that Pari had a picture, a portrait painted of Sarah in his very living room, in his very bedroom. He had a portrait next to his bed of Sarah. So, so enormous was his desire for her. And yet Baruch Hashem, Sarah and Avram, with his divine assistance, were able to completely rebuff them and completely spurn them. And yet says the Rekanati, the mere fact that these men wanted her would have an impact on Klal Yisrael Adairis. And he says the Rakanati, says this in Parshas Vayishloch, he says that these two incidences will ultimately cause the Churbanus of the two Batea Migdash. So we see from here something astounding. That it can be that totally inadvertently, totally in a situation of honest, but if a man's eyes are on, a, are on upon a married woman, he is in, and he is trying to invade her privacy, he is zanet enov. He is feasting his eyes upon her, upon her beauty in any way. This is something which will have a very serious ramification. Say the Mephorshim, says the Ariya Kodesh, it's mebalbeles tzinoiris hashefa. If there's any other individual involved, he's mebalbel tzinoiris hashefa. These pipes of shefa which are coming down, the siyata deshmaya that is coming into our lives and our homes, gets mebulbal. There's some other external entity that's penetrated and, and is trying to invade the sanctity of this unit of marriage. This is mebalbel tzinoiris hashefa. If a husband, Lo Aleinu, has his eyes or his thoughts on another woman, then he is also Mabalbel as a Shefa. He's bringing down Shefa to that woman. And this Shefa is being deprived from his wife. So one of the greatest catastrophes that can happen in the building of a home, in a marriage, is if when there is an invasion, if there is external, something external is trying to get into the sanctity of this marriage. Or if the eyes of the people within their marriage, the eyes and the thoughts are out of their marriage, this true is causing a tremendous bilbul of the tzinoiris hashefa, a confusion in these pipes of, and this inflow, this constant inflow of Shefa into our lives, which brings Brocha into our lives, this is being very adversely affected. The two vehicles which perpetrate this are the eyes and the thoughts. These are the two highest senses that, that a person has. The eyes says the Sforno embraces Perek Memchet, says the Sforno, Goyrem Lechibur. When a person looks at something, it isn't just like he's a camera that he's snapping a picture of what he's looking at, but he's actually generating a connection, a lasting connection. It's Goyrem Lechibur, because he says the Neshama is the neshama internalizes the sight that has been perceived. 
And therefore, the eyes is a very powerful vehicle. It's, more, it's far more than a camera. Reb Chaim Vital, the great Talmud of the Ariya Kodesh, and the one who brought the, 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 the Teres Ari to Klal Yisrael, the Reb Chaim Vital writes in, towards the beginning of his great Chibur Oitzris, he writes over there that there's a very strange and interesting minag in certain kehillas of Klal Yisrael. And what was this minag? That they would take an ostrich egg, an ostrich, a batyana, an ostrich is this, the biggest of all birds, and it lays a very sizable, thick-skinned, thick-shelled egg, almost the size of a football, and the ostrich lays this egg, and unlike any other bird, the ostrich does not roost on the egg. In order to hatch the, the egg, every bird roosts and hovers and, and sits on the egg, warming it and ultimately until the egg bursts open and the chicklet emerges. But the ostrich is different from any other bird. The ostrich lays its egg, immediately distances itself somewhat from the egg, and then with a penetrating gaze, it stares at the egg, not distracting its eyes for a moment. It stares and stares. If you've ever seen an ostrich, you see that they have a very penetrating look in their eye. And this ostrich stares at the egg until the egg cracks open. Says Reb Chaim Vital that this minag was to show us the koyach of Re'ia, the enormous strength that there is and power that there is in Re'ia. Re'ia is something which affects, not only does it internalize, but it affects the subject that it's looking at. That is the message from the ostrich. And so central and important was this, says Reb Chaim Vital. They would hang up an ostrich egg on top of the Oran Kodesh next to the, the Or Tomid, the Ner Tomid, in this place of honor that Klal Yisrael should realize that the eyes internalize but also affect. If someone's eyes are upon an object, that someone is on the object. We are not physical, we are, we are way beyond the physical. A person is where he is looking. So if someone's eyes is upon another man's wife, that person is affecting profoundly that woman. He is affecting the entire ent entity. And this is a very, very scary thing. So it's not merely that, no, there's an Indian of Tzniyas, a woman should try and keep her femininity and contain her femininity. But if there are prying eyes that are looking and gazing upon her, even if she is honest, even if it is inadvertently, as the Rekanati says, this can have a profound effect. And this goes into the category of Ervas Dover. Ervas Dover is the invasion of anything from the outside into the sacred sanctity of marriage. The same thing a man. When a man looks at another woman and he, has, and he appreciates her beauty and he gazes upon another woman, then this man is creating havoc in the tsinoiris, in these pipes of bounty, in this tremendous gift, in this gift of chen, of nesias chen that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us, then this becomes a huge issue which is actually affecting our homes and our lives.
That's the koyach of the re'iya. There's the koyach of machshava. The strength of machshava, of the power of thought. In the same vein, a person is where his thoughts are. That's where a person is. When a person is imagining something, when a person is thinking about something, he's fantasizing about something, he's there. There was an amazing Mesa that was recently recorded. An elderly lady in Eretz Yisrael <clears throat> advertised in the press that she's looking for a woman who saved her life. And she saved not only her life, but the life of other, another hundred women. What was the story? So recounts this woman. They were in this terrible death camp, Sobibor. And one day, one of the young ladies in the camp managed to procure an extra crust of bread. And she was caught. And the outraged commandant of the camp for this terrible crime, these starved ladies, this terrible crime of procuring another crust of bread, declared, he called all the hundred women in the camp to a um, appel, which is like a, uh, they, they, they stood in an assembly. It was the middle of the winter, freezing cold, and these women were standing there in their flimsy clothes, and the commandant decreed that since this woman had the audacity to take an extra crust of bread, so the entire camp will be punished, all hundred women will remain at attention in this assembly throughout the entire night. The women immediately knew that this was basically a death sentence because no one could survive in their flimsy clothes without moving around. No one could survive that European winter. And many of the women started saying, Vidui, some of the women were crying, going through their lives, realizing that the end was now going to come. And suddenly, out of the blue, a young lady chirped up and said, My dear friends, my girlfriends, do you know that today is Shabbos Kodesh? I'm inviting you all to join me at my home for Shabbos. And she starts describing her home. And here, come into the home, come into my house, please. And here's the spick and span, clean home, everything shining with all the beautiful kalim shonim on the tables. And, oh, what a home. And the smells, the shabbosik, the aromas of the, of, the, of the food that is waiting for the family to, to eat. The typical Jewish home, Erev Shabbos, as Shabbos gets ushered in. And she invites them in. And she says, look around. Can you feel this presence of Shabbos? Let's light candles together. And she goes through the lighting of the candles. And then they sit waiting. And she says, Oh, I hear the husband's coming home from shul. And as the husbands walk in, so the husbands greet everybody with a, with a lofty shalom aleichem and good Shabbos, Shabbat shalom. And begins, they start singing shalom aleichem and she sings with them shalom aleichem, Eishas Chayil. And they proceed for the, through the Kiddush and says, Ah, can you taste the delicious wine? Such classy aristocratic wine that, that we have in our homes. And then, oh, let's cut the challah, fresh, hot, baked challahs. And, they and she says to them, taste the challahs. And shows she takes them, let's sing Zmiris, and then taste the fish, my sisters, can you taste? Have you ever tasted such delicious fish? And she takes them to the entire meal. 
and she continues talking and talking the entire night. She is describing Shabbos on every little minute detail, the smells and the feelings and the, and the joy and the simcha and the songs and the food and the, and the spirituality and the ruchnius of the Shabbos. And she spoke the whole night. The Nazi commandant and his men arrived in the morning expecting to find a hundred dead bodies and they found a hundred smiling women. They were just about to say Havdalah. These women were in fact not in Sobibor. They were transported somewhere else because the Koyach of Machshove can transport a person to anywhere. When a person starts thinking of something, this koyach, the koyach ha-machshova, which is the highest of senses, and therefore has to be so preserved carefully. And Chazal say, if a person just thinks, it's more powerful in a sense than an action. And with the koyach of thought, oy, where a person can be taken to. And if a person takes his thoughts to other women, if a person takes his mind elsewhere, he is once again desecrating. He's destroying the sanctity of this Jewish home. And once again, unfortunately, v'shav me'achorecha. The shechina has to depart. So it's the koyach machshova. So we have to keep our machshovas clean. We have to keep our machshovas focused on the real correct issues. Chas v'sholem, not outside, nowhere else. Chas v'sholem, to have others thinking of us because they are also affecting us. The pride of Klal Yisrael. You look at the Yiddish Meidlach, the Jewish young girls in the Beis Yankov schools, in the different schools. You look at these girls, they're the height of Tznias. They're so pure. And they're so tsanua in their uniforms. And their hair pulled back and so masudar. They're the height of tznias. And then, Baruch Hashem, they get married. And then suddenly, these tznias dikah these tznias girls, are suddenly introduced to terms of, you've got to have a stunning wig. Who are you looking to stun? It's got to be so gorgeous. It's got to be so exquisite. It's got to be so special and so glamorous and so attracting. Who are these young Tmimazdika Meidlach trying to attract? What's going on here? Dafka at a time when a woman gets married is the time when there's an extra measure of Tzniyas introduced into her life. She is now obliged to cover her hair which she wasn't as a bachura. She was now obliged to cover her hair, and this is sanctified, this is sacred for no other eyes but her husband. And she's now obliged to cover her hair. So how does she cover her hair? With an article which is provocative, which is seductive, which is, 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 is so attractive, which is so suggestive. The height of Hollywood fashion. The height of the fashion created by the Goyim. For Klal Yisrael? This is Klal Yisrael? Of course, there is a machlekes apoiskim, legitimate, going on for some time about the concept of a pe'a noichris. 
And many, many poskim were machria, that a pair nachris is mutter. It's about 180 years old from the times of the Tsar. The concept of the pear nochris became prevalent. And the pear nochris, it's brought down in Chazal. So, of course, there, are, there is a legitimacy to it. But when the Chazonish spoke about that certain sectors, that the, they wear pear nochrit, they wear the wig, what kind of wig were they referring to? They were referring to the, the wigs of yesteryear. They were hard, straw-like type of, which was so clear and apparent that it is a wig. It didn't have the silky sheen of today. It didn't have this exquisite um, flow and these styles and the fashions and the length. The wig of the Chazanish was a little, simple, straw-like looking resembling hair to some extent. And this was the wig of yesteryear that the, the poskim related to. That was the wig of yesteryear. But today, Rabbi say it's a different ball game. It's a new thing. The wig of today, still Reb Shlema Zalman Erbach, the great poise kador zechet tzadik v'kodesh livrocha, said that ha-peot shlayom me'usim they are absolutely despicable in my eyes because it's a complete departure of what they were. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Yibod L'chaim Toivim V'aruchim, Reb Chaim Kanievsky, it's on film. People brought him a whole box full of today's modern wigs and asked him to express opinion because he adheres to the principle of the Chazonish that wigs is certainly legitimate. But when he looked at the wigs that were brought to him, Heintika wigs, today's wigs, he one after the other looked and said, ah, Puzzle, 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 puzzle. We heard from Rebbe Yoshev, Zechet Sadif Yikodesh Livrocha, the Pesek Ador. Rebbe Yoshev called us in, myself and my wife, and he said, I want you to write a book on Sneas. This was the last sefer that he gave his Askoma to called the, the um, Unique Princess. He wanted there to be a book written on, on, on Sneas. And he asked us to pay special attention to the issue of the hair covering, of the head covering. Because the head covering is something where that is where the essence of Pritzis takes place. Because when a head covering, its whole tachlis is to be attractive and a pro provocative and calling and causing attention to itself, when that happens, this is absolutely defeating the purpose. And I heard, I was sitting with my Rebetzin, we were sitting by Rebel Yoshiv, and he said, without a doubt, and he asked us to write this in the Sefer, he said, without a doubt, it's adif to wear a kerchief, some form of a head covering, and not a wig, based on today's wigs. So Raboisai, we really have a, um, a real situation where everybody with the most mobile of motives and everybody wishes to adhere to aloha and we want to cover ourselves, the women want to cover themselves adequately and they want to be tzanua. But if it begins, you know, there's research done that the um, most attractive element of a woman is her hair. That is the most attracting element to a woman, is her hair. So it's, there's such research that's been done. 
זה דווקא היה כלל ישראל, עם ישראל שאנחנו הצנועים שבאומויס, that we are the, the holiest and the, and, 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 and the purest and, and the most modest of the nations, we have to have hair that is stunning, And that's what it says in the advertisement, stunning, the glamour. Oh, the glamour of the Kuifor, the glamour. This is Klal Yisrael? Who are we trying to attract? Ein isha ela liyofi. And Achinami, a woman has, was endowed with beauty. And this beauty is absolutely and only and exclusively for her husband. She can wear anything she wishes to in the presence of her husband, in the privacy of their home, in the privacy of their room. Anything and everything is fine. But when going out, who is she trying to attract? When the advertisements say, oh, these attractive wigs, these attractive um, uh, 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 hair pieces, which are, are, are so provocative. The boy said, there's a real problem. We are completely missing the point. The point of the whole exercise is to increase the tzniyas. Tzniyas by definition means not attracting attention. So if a woman, and she does it with mysterious nefesh, she wants her husband to continue learning, and she gets on, she gets dressed, and she puts on this stunning, gorgeous, exquisite hairpiece, and it's long, and it's flowing, and it's sheeny and silky, and then the rest of the dress goes along with it. It's a little bit too tight. And then, of course, then you've got to, to, to keep that look going. You've got to have a certain type of makeup. And then to keep that going, there's got to be these stiletto heels. And the woman prances off, L'shem Shomayim, Bemet, L'shem Shomayim. She wants to, 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 to bring Parnosa so her husband can learn, so that there can be more Parnosa in the family. And yet she's walking into an arena where there are so many eyes upon her. And this is profoundly affecting her and affecting the Siyat HaDishmai of the entire home and affecting the exit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the presence. Oi, Rabbi, so we need HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence so much in our homes. There are such challenges in today's day and age, be it with the technology and the media and these, the, 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 the massive, massive challenges that are facing Klal Yisrael today on the area, in the area of Midasayasoid, in the area of Tznias, on the area of morality. These are where the big challenges are of our day and age. So we have to keep HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence there. But says the Chofetz Chaim, V'shav me'achorecha. Rav Shach, the great Rosh Yeshiva of Ponovich, Zechet Tzadik V'Kodesh Livrocha, wrote an article which was published all over. And once again is flourishing. This publication is around Eretz Yisrael. And in this article, Rav Shach writes that the husband might be a great Talmud Chochem and a Lamdan, and he's learning with great Messiris Nefesh Torah. If his wife is not dressed properly, If his wife is provocative, if she is attracting attention, if there's a lack of tzniyah, says Rav Shach, then his learning, lo'aleinu, goes to the sitra acha. The learning goes down the tubes. All his mysterious nefesh fatera just dissipates and disappears because this is the most central cause of the shechina exiting our homes. To keep our children 
within the, within the fold to keep our children as wholesome, healthy, b'neiteira, and, and children who will adhere to, 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 to what we so much cherish and believe and want them to. We've got to keep them big challenges. There's so much travel out there. So the thing that will keep them there is the presence of the Shekhinah. So why are we driving them away with the stupidity? Oi, husbands, us husbands, there really is nothing more beautiful than a wife who preserves and conserves all of her beauty exclusively for her husband. No one else should share in this. No one else should partake of this. And you cannot say, we cannot say, it's their problem if they want to look. That's not true. It's, it's a michshol, and it's attracting eyes, and these eyes are affecting her and affecting the entire entity of the home. Our noshim tzitkoniyos really want to do the right thing. They're moisen nefesh. They're moisen nefesh for the chinuch of their children. They're moisen nefesh for the Torah and for the mitzvahs. They really want to do the right thing. Oh, us husbands, we need to give them the encouragement they should not feel that there's a need for them to stick out in public. We've got to keep Shekhinah in our lives, Raboisai. It's as gula for everything that we want in our lives. The Shekhinah being around is as gula for Parnosa, it's as gula for Shiduchim, it's as gula for Chinuch Abonim, for, for, for Sholom Bayis, all these cardinal issues which are so important for us. It's all a function. Who's with us and he's there and he's a presence and he's a partner in all our endeavors so of course we can rely on him he'll do what's right that we should be the ones that are chasing him out of the homes it says and the ultimate geula will come about as a result of the noshim tzitkoniyos. The noshim, they want to, and they've got it, and they, they've got the ability, and they've got the levels of ruchnias, and they've got the desire, and with the tefillas, and with the tehillim, and with, the, with all these, let us all just do it in such a way that it's proper, and it's decent, and it's dignified, and it's menschlich, and we cannot be. There are some people who are saying that the modern Jewish Haredi woman, she is the height of fashion. She is the one that's the trendsetter of fashion. That the goyim are coming to, 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 to take a, a, a look at us and look at our wives. Is this Klal Yisrael? When a Kurdish Bohu defines the essence of a woman as Kvoid Bas Melech Pnimo? So let's keep it. This is the beauty. When a woman contains her femininity, when a woman reserves her femininity for her husband, this is the essence. So there's no, there's no compromise here. And we're not compromising our own relationships. A woman can have her beauty for her husband, but exclusively and only for him. It should not be flaunted outside. And the revolution is beginning. Women are coming to their senses. And here and there, there are pockets of ladies with big mysterious nefesh who are taking stands and, are, and, and, and courageous ladies who are taking stands and there's phone lines and there's teleconferences and there's things that are happening. 
And we see more and more people are becoming more and more concerned and aware. Let's be part of it. The time is now. The time is now. We know that Mashiach is Bapetach. We know that it's just around the corner. Gdali Yisrael are saying it for the first time. Often I hate open mouth. The Mashiach is just at the door. And it's Bishchut Noshim Tzidkonius. He's going to open that door and walk in and we'll greet Mashiach Tzidkainu. And as it says, Ayn Ba'ayn Yiru B'Shuv Hashem. We want to be able to perceive and see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We want to be able to be there. As uh, Tosfus says that the magnificent sight is going to suddenly come upon us with the, with the base Amidrash Kuloi descending from Shamayim. And we want with pure eyes. Rabbi say with pure eyes. It's ayin ba'ayin. It's only the pure eyes. It's the pure who are going to be able to perceive this, who are going to be able to partake in this, who are going to be able to be part of this magnificent thing for which Klali Yisrael waited for generations. So Rabbi say the time has come for us to take stands, to be courageous, to take that stand. There's nothing that we're going to lose from this, only to gain. It is not in any way that a woman needs to compromise her dignity, her bekovedikite, that she should, look, she should look dignified like a bastera looks, but that she should be the height of fashion, she should be the queen that the goyim have to come and look at us because she's flaunting her beauty and some of it's completely artificial beauty. She's flaunting this beresh gale. That's not Claudia Israel. That this will continue and there will be a continued growth in this area that will be able to bring about a real Gdusha. And that we'll, we'll be able to be Shoichin with a Baruch Hu in the Beis Amigdash Bim Heiro Bi Omeinu Omeinu.